And we're back. Welcome to Boys Lunch. Is that recorded? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll cut out that first part. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, I've got a lot of weird looks today, uh, mostly because of my shorts. I'm wearing like athletic shorts at school. and uh, Yeah, there is just something about a teacher in shorts where I, you just don't know what to think about it. And as a teacher myself, whenever I'm considering putting on shorts, I'm like, yeah, am I going to be around students? I don't know what it is. You know, I just felt like it was the day to do it. I didn't have too many kids taking a final. I only had like three today. I was going to see in person. And then we have our park day. So I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to be wearing shorts if we're going out there. That's true. And then uh, Ian Whitaker saw me and just stared at my legs and just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't stop staring. It's just like, <laughs> oh. anyway, uh, we're here. It is the end of May. And by end, I mean the 26th. Actually, it's a lot later than I thought it was. Yeah. This is our last podcast of the school year. We're going to come and uh, provide you with some wonderful podcasting over the summer but of course you know how irregular that'll be but no, it'll be good you'll be, be good. you'll get it probably once a week so yeah i'm gonna go with once every two weeks what do you think what are we gonna have i think we'll have a couple a month yeah let's do it we'll say that we'll come in at you a couple times a month you can as always email us at boys lunch podcast at gmail.com or follow us on instagram at boys lunch one no boys lunch podcast and then it's boys lunch one, one at, at gmail.com gmail. yeah that was the sound of a sweet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> we've uh, we've uh, <clears throat> had a nice teacher luncheon yesterday, delicious food, and then had leftovers today, and it was just still delicious. Yeah, I got to say, it is uh, tough to bounce back after that. It's tough to do any work after you've got a full belly full of uh, all sorts of delicious treats. So shout out to Jeannie. Thank you for providing. It was so good. I had like probably two and a half plates worth yesterday in, in the afternoon final. I like, I thought I was falling asleep, and I was like fighting it. And it was like one of those things, have you ever like had like a long road trip? Oh, yeah. And you're like, I, this is not safe of how tired I am. That's yeah. what I was feeling. I was like fighting, staying awake for these people. But yeah, I'll be honest. I went home and took a power nap before picking up Zaley at school. So I can't really move, man. <laughs> but thank you also to all the others. There were plenty, I'm sure, that helped. And Jeannie was setting that up. How you been? Good. Um, you know, <laughs> good. I, I feel like we've been busy. I don't know. Just a lot of random things going on. Like I don't really feel like I have a lot going on, but there's just this feeling of busyness and moving around a lot. But I think things will change pretty fast next week. Yeah. <laughs> when things just then I don't have to work anymore. It is weird. Like um, Mary and I were talking about the fact that like today is Sienna's last day, uh, Zelia's is tomorrow, and yet it hasn't hit us that starting next week, like I'll be home every day. We won't have really anything on the schedule. Stuff for summer doesn't really start. We've got our trip up to northern Wisconsin uh, for a week to do some fishing with the whole family. And that's a couple weeks out. So it's like, we, we might be at the pool on Monday. I mean, that's a reality. I got, yeah. I am pumped. I have two things that just came to mind. Number one, this morning I was just thinking of uh, like summer. And uh, I think about things a lot. Like season, the change of seasons get me to think about things. You're a thinker. I'm a thinker. <laughs> but especially about those, I don't know, but. I was just thinking uh, of that, and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, if I talked about that on the podcast, maybe some of our older listeners wouldn't be able to understand because we are just perpetually in this thing where we get summers off. Yeah. <laughs> like people that actually have real lives and real jobs. Not that ours isn't real, but like, could you imagine not having a summer? No, it's true. I, um, <laughs> whenever, we, whenever we've talked about it, even Mary, because she's working part time, like when there's a consideration for a full time job coming up. But you know what we really like? having two solid months of just me and her home almost all the time. Are we those kids that are just like stuck in like the old way of like, like in high school? 
Well, I mean, literally we are, but <laughs> we've never had, at least me, I've never had a schedule that has not just had summers off. Yeah, I think even between schooling, like, typically I had, was working a couple jobs, so probably still putting Yeah, I guess like I worked part-time jobs, yeah. but like off from like my main thing. Yeah. No, I guess. school or work. Anyway, that was nice. The other thought... Um, yeah, it's tough to like try to relate to all the listeners like, man, what are we going to do with two and a half months of nothing? Exactly. <laughs> and they're just like, I hate you so much. I actually forgot what my other thought was. I'm sure it was brilliant. You're watching Joey right now with a belly full of meats just try to... Yeah, <laughs> oh, nervous parenting is what I was... Ah. You talked about going to the pool. You're an anxious parenter. Well, there's like a few things that uh, make me nervous. And I think with an older child that you wait longer on the second child. Yeah. Is there anything that comes to your mind when you think of that? Like things that you pushed off? Because you're just like, ah, I don't even want to break this barrier right now because of the oh, geez. Like, safety things. Or... Well, I mean, I think <clears throat> swimming and riding a bike both like. Because those are the two. Yeah. yeah. Those are I the mean... two that came to my mind. Because <laughs> daily, it's like, she is uh, six, uh, six and a half, and, you know, still rocking those train wheels. And she's taller than your average, maybe six-year-old. So it does look, um, she's still has yep. not quite mastered it. So that'll be our task this summer. But like Sienna has been zooming around on a trike and mm -hmm. um, and um, one with, um, I can't even think of a. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um, so she's like been, you know, just whipping around the uh, neighborhood and just like having a blast. And it's like so much more naturally coordinated, it feels like, because she's gotten into these things earlier. Whereas Ailey, it's like. That's what made me think about it. Because we've been doing more bike rides now. and just like with well, same with Cisco, he still has the training wheels and I'm just not ready to even start yeah, taking those off and then swimming too. Like just thinking of that coming up. She can get over it, man. Can't deprive my is child. what is is seller. Are you more anxious when you like you guys go out and do something and there's like the possibility of like one of them getting injured? You have like, are you both like equally amounts anxious? I don't, I think uh, for different things for anxious. I was just reminded, we like to take the girls like hiking. And Mary is, and understandably so, very anxious about like them falling down a hill or a cliff or whatever. Um, and I'm probably too far on the other side mm. where I'm just like, honey, physics doesn't work that way. They're just going to fall and stay in the same spot. <laughs> but in her mind, if someone stumbles, they're going to get projected 20 yards yeah. over the cliff. So there's like... Um, I think probably me with that kind of stuff just because I'm scared of heights. So I think I'm already kind of nervous for mm -hmm. myself, so then I'm nervous for the kids around me. Last summer, didn't you take the family on a nice, uh, safe, simple hike? Yeah, which I was... <laughs> Probably got an ulcer during it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, being responsible for other people's lives. It does have its anxieties. <laughs> uh, anything else going on? No, just, yeah. Memorial Day's coming up. Going to the Indy 500 on Sunday. Are you actually? Yeah. Nice. You've gone a couple times, right? Five, yeah. six, seven times? Yeah. This is probably my sixth time. Nice. That'll always, be fun. Yeah. Always uh, had good friends that uh, like have those tickets and... It's been nice of them. I'm, I'm not sure know. I even know what the Indy 500 is, but uh, the greatest spectacle in sports. I know, but like, what cars are even going? The Indy cars? I yes, Indy cars. So kind of like Formula One. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Slightly different. Open wheeled. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, um, it's not like I follow Indy throughout the year, but you just go there, and it is like it's like the Derby. I've heard. Where like you don't necessarily follow horse racing, but like going to the Derby is an event. And it's fun, and right? Maybe a little bit cooler because it's ring, 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 ring. Yeah, there is something where it's like just the sound and the Not sheer gallops. power, but it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, never got into racing. Sorry, man. It's okay. Yeah. Hockey. Just doesn't make sense. You got into soccer, and that's all I ask. We late, have one late, crossover sport. Late in life. It. Yeah. Uh, we just watched uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. In one of my classes. No big deal. 
I do teach, but it was the end of the year. And if you've never seen the movie, have you ever seen the movie or no. read, read the books? I never read the books, but I've seen the first movie. And the main character is just like a jerk. And he's got like a best friend named Rowley, who is like just like nerdy, but like precious and sweet and caring. And the whole entire time, Greg, the main character, is just absolutely ruthless to him. Like just a mean friend, like a user, manipulator, thinks he's so much cooler. Have I set it up for you? you yes, get it? I think you got it. And my, my boys in my ninth hour, they grew up reading these books and watching it. And they were like surprised about how big of a jerk Greg was because when they were little, they mm -hmm. didn't realize it. Uh, and I think they're playing it up a little bit, but I think that it was serious. They're like, wow, Greg's actually kind of a jerk. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably because you were a jerk back then. And you're like, Greg's awesome. No, Greg is a terrible friend and Raleigh is the one. Who's... That's hilarious. It's amazing what like time and perspective can do. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other childhood movies that have just been absolutely rock since you rewatched it. I mean, Top Gun. <laughs> That's a childhood movie for you. I don't know. Uh, for me, Emperor's New Groove still, still holds true. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I think it's just amazing what time can do. Even like kids that were getting back or that are coming back to visit us and like looking back at high school, mm. like how it seems so silly what you cared about so much. Yeah, but like yeah, in, in any phase of life, that perspective, you're like, oh wow. I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd share that Diary Wimpy Kid reference. We're just hitting all sorts of people. <laughs> Anything else to share? Transition. We've been uh, sitting on a few days, sitting here thinking about, hey, what should we talk about? And I finally actually sat down and thought this morning a little bit about it. Nice. And uh, I came up with an idea that I think is going to be a two-parter. And today, though, we're going to kind of do a combo because you also came with an idea. And when I heard it, I'm like, that fits in a lot with what I was thinking. And partly, I'll just set it up. I feel like recently we've had very similar ideas that we've talked about because it's like the things that we're musing on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have, like, I feel like topics that have the same kind of feel, would you say, that are swirling around in our mind? Yeah. Because it's like what we're processing within the world and what we're consuming and taking in and we're trying to work through. Um, and I think... We might start to do some episodes where it's more like practical Catholic things like to teach you, like what are some practical teachings or, or practices or devotions? But I feel like a lot of ours have been more of these analogies and these allegories and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're dealing with some concepts or philosophies or we're trying to, we're watching ourselves grow and change as teachers and adapt to kind of all sorts of different things. And then we're kind of in our prayers our and thoughts too. and interests and what we're reading. And it's all just kind of like, yeah. We, we see the we see the world as this meta narrative. Like there's a bigger story to things, mm -hmm. and it's full of this meaning and purpose. And there's a connection. And I think why we like history so much, and we've said this before, is because it's it. When you have the divine perspective, you see history as God drawing souls to Himself. And you see throughout time, it's it's salvation history as humanity seeking what is true, good, and beautiful. And I feel like themes that we've hit on a lot have been the transcendentals. Yep. What is true? What is good? And what is beautiful? And I think that's something that I really came across later in life. And I think that's why I'm flushing this out in my late 20s and 30s is because maybe I was presented, but it just didn't hit me at that time. We're late to, uh, maybe I'm late to this in life, but now it makes so much sense because I realize what I've been trying to seek my whole life. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm enamored by this because I realize what I've been enamored by. That yeah. makes sense, right? Well, and as you've gained clarity, you're, you're looking to share that, which is natural. It's like, oh, these are the things, and I finally understand the things that I've been seeking my whole life, right, and maybe so seeking sense. wrongly some some parts of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, my last four weeks have been reading Lord of the Rings a lot, and I don't want this to become a Lord of the Rings <laughs> podcast, but I finally got you into it as well. Yes, yes. But this theme of uh, storytelling, 
has been on my mind. Part of it's like reading Lord of the Rings. Part of it, we just uh, watched the last few episodes of This Is Us. Did you guys ever stick with that one? Uh, I think we watched the first two seasons, but then just like emotionally couldn't take it. Yeah, but it's a very captivating. The storytelling yeah. in it is gripping how they connect all these stories and these lives and people. And like we as human beings, we love a good story, a good narrative. Uh, and we get sucked into it. And I feel like we're losing a lot of great narratives within our modern age. They're settling for the cheap, easy things that aren't as, as challenging. And I think This Is Us. I didn't, I mean, I fizzled away after three seasons probably, but I watched the last one and, and saw how things, it was, it was very captivating because it was hitting a lot of real human emotions that people deal with. Yeah. And that's why people like books and literature. The, the ones that are good is because it's revealing the human experience to you. Yeah. You get to take a part in this narrative, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So storytelling has been on my mind. So if you look at kind of the past topics we've been talking about, ego drama versus theodrama. It's about fitting into a bigger story, not just your own story. Like that's what moral the moralistic therapy theism was too. It's creating your own story. This journey of building up and losing grace in these presences around us that we talked about is part of this bigger story because we believe the things we do matters, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to set up just one thing for you that I was thinking about, and then which we'll get to the thing that you sent me this morning yeah. about receptivity. Spoiler: That's what we're <laughs> going to be getting to. As we're reading Lord of the Rings, it is this great narrative. This mythical kind of world that Tolkien made. And there's this part that's not even in the Lord of the Rings. Have you heard about the creation part of the story? Yeah, from the Iluvatar or whatever, like the, yeah. the one being. Mm -hmm. and he creates these angelic beings, these Ionors, these angels, basically. And Tolkien basically has this creation. God creates the world through a song in his world. Mm -hmm. And he teaches these angelic beings, these vocal themes in this great chorus. It's not written down, but these themes, these vocal themes, this song of these angels is kindled within like a secret fire by the flame that is imperishable. Uh, so they're singing in harmony with this original song. So God is singing creation into existence and he creates these angels that are all singing themes that weave in with the greater creation story. Yeah. As they hear them, they get to know themselves more and they realize how they fit into the bigger picture. They get to know this God more, Iluvatar. There is one angel though, the most gifted and rebellious one, Melkor, who starts to sing his own theme. So he, he decides, I'm not going to sing the theme that is, that is connecting with everything else. I'm going to sing this loud and vain and endlessly repeating theme that has little harmony. And Tolkien says it's like many trumpets braying on a few notes. So just imagine like a junior high band of like yeah. <laughs> a trumpet section. Like they're just playing the same note. It's just braying and it's loud and it's annoying and obnoxious. So this, this theme of pride of like, I'm going to make my own story. I'm going to be the one that's dictating everything. Um, I'm going to be the one in charge. And there's this cool kind of illusion or analogy, I guess, where Iluvatar takes the disharmonious melody of Melkor, the evil one, or the mm -hmm. evil angel, Satan, yeah. <laughs> and weaves it into the song that he is singing. And Melkor just keeps trying to drown out the music of God, but God keeps taking the triumphant sounds of his rebellion and weaves it into the greater story, kind of making good out of evil yeah. and trying to weave that back into this greater narrative. And why am I saying all this? Nerd. As we've been going through this, this idea of storytelling in a narrative, we need to allow the author, the author to reveal our path to us. Uh, when we try to create the ego drama and we try to make the I the most important part, we're missing out on what the journey should be. Yep. We're not making the decisions and taking the paths that we should take. We're not allowing the author to reveal things to us and inspire us. Uh, we are trying to do it ourselves. We're not being receptive to the way that God is asking us. We miss out on these great opportunities. So there was this theme I was thinking about of storytelling. And then as you sent that, I was like, 
that's a good kind of analogy for our own story. How do we fit into things? So I don't know if any of that made sense or yeah. to what you were about to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, <clears throat> something that we love about the transcendentals, the truth, beauty, and goodness is something that we experience. It's a recognition of the good, of the will of God, of the creator. Um, and it's something that draws us outside of ourselves, as we've talked about many times. And we recognize maybe this, this beautiful harmony that runs throughout all, right? All of creation, ourselves, others, right? And there are moments where as we've talked about in previous podcasts, where might grace might break through or some tragedy might break through and cause us to realize and be aware of this greater theme and story. Um, but so often, and I'm just reflecting on my own school year here, where I tried, instead of to try to be receptive to and aware of or open to what God wills for me as I relate to this school, as a father, as a teacher, as a husband, how I tried to do assert my own will this is how I want things to go. This is how I'll do things. And I missed out on opportunities. And I know for certain that I didn't have the impact that maybe I wish I had if I had tried to cooperate with or, you know, have an ear open to and a heart open to what God was trying to make happen in my life. Right. Um, we see this all the time when we, we've talked about this as fathers, when like, here's how the night's going to go. This is my will. This is how it'll happen. And then when we get frustrated or short-tempered with our children because they didn't do what we expected to, shocker, right? And this idea where, again, it's a conflict where I tried to assert or dominate something or a moment in time or the schedule of another, where it's like we become disappointed and frustrated. Where instead, if it's like, if I'm listening and aware to the needs of my children, or if I think of my students, right? Or um, any conversation, even with a stranger, this is the thing that I do all the time is I'm always looking for, I miss opportunities to evangelize or to be Christ to others in just simple interactions with people I don't know well or complete strangers, because I'm, I'm thinking of an exit strategy every time, mm -hmm. right? This is not a part of my plan or what I want to happen today, but it, in reality, it is an opportunity to be present, to not see it as like, this is my day and this is not a part of my plan, but like I'm participating in something greater. This is an opportunity to, to be receptive to what is meant to happen in this moment. And it could just, not that something magical has to happen in that moment, in that interaction, but at the very least that this person knew that I was locked in on them and was listening and mm. was present to them, joyful to them, a light to them. And that participate, that's a participation in this greater narrative of a, of a, a self-sacrificial love that the story is essentially entwined with. Because not only does your personal story get better, like we said within mm -hmm. that ego drama episode, but it's affecting the lives and the, the narratives and stories of the people around you as well. Right. That light just kind of echoes out or that impact kind of echoes out. And, and, <clears throat> and just some self-reflection on the year, I just was reflecting on how many times that I got frustrated with the year because I put more of it on me and what I, the impact I was going to have instead of trying to teach these kids, to be receptive and to listen to what God's will is in for their lives, especially these seniors as they're, as they're moving outwards. I think it's it's tough. We have to train ourselves to to have an to have an ear that listens out or a, or a recognition or openness to when something there's a movement maybe of the spirit that's happening in our lives and an awareness of it. Because what we've talked about in years in podcasts past are those the therapeutic deism and some of this these things that draw our eyes downward, these immediate, um, these immediate things that kind of um, draw our attention away from the greater story, 
um, whether it be the Netflix or our phones or whatever it might be, what they do is they rob us of this receptivity to see a greater good or recognize something that could be happening that we're unaware of. Um, I think it, it's trained us to just be hyper-focused on the immediacy versus having a receptive. It's, it's, it's trained us to want to have control over every moment and every action and to assert my will versus seeking to do the will of another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know, when we are not receptive to the people around us or most importantly to, to God within us, our lives are these vain and boring entities. Like, I think our job starts to become boring when we're not receptive to like what's put in front of us. Like when you just like come to a day and like you're trying to control the, the way that your lesson's going to go and you're not receptive to the way that the kids might be actually like curious or like need mm-hmm. to be pushed or inspired. Like how can I get this through this in the easiest way possible? Right. With the least amount of conflict as possible. It's not being receptive. That's being like, let me control this situation. Or you get a question and it's like, you know, that question could lead to other questions or, and you're just like, no, we can't, we don't have time for that today. Or I see that with my inquisitive daughters, just like hmm. there's asking question after question. It becomes exhausting, but there's just a time now where it's like any question that's asked, I'm not even considering it on whether or not it's a good question to ask that needs to be answered or I could use as an opportunity to form her greater. I'm just dismissive. I'm like, no, I just need you to eat. Yep. I just need you yep. to eat. But dad, you, asked, you told me to always ask questions. Dang it. That's correct. Yeah. But I just need you to eat right now. It's like, what's the big deal? What am I hurrying towards? Mm-hmm. What am I like? We're going to, we're going to get to bed no matter what we're going to do this type of thing. I don't know. I'm always constantly rushing them through things. Me yeah. Too. There's a point of like, yes, we should form them to be able to sit and eat and to, but also at the same time, you know, what is the family dinner all about? It's about sharing. It's about asking questions and using this as opportunity. But Mary and I both admit just, it's like, we're exhausted sometimes at the end of these days. And I, me particularly, I'm just like so easy to dismiss. And I think that comes with like, uh, how much time are we setting aside to actually receive the love that we need from God? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been struggling with that. I guess it's just like being short with the kids of like, nope, come on, let's move on to the next thing. Like I'm a very, I, I love the time and the routine of things. And I think my kids then feed off of that kind of like hurry and the rush and the, yeah, they get anxious. They get, they get anxious and it, short because them. I'm not, I'm not allowing just the day to happen and, and what there needs to be addressed. And yeah. And I, what brought this up in the first place, I was thinking about like, what am I going to get done this summer? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just doing the same thing as, mm-hmm. as, I, as I was maybe part of this semester. It was just like, what's the next thing I need to do? How do I get it done? And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, so much of my life is I'm just asserting the next thing or this is the next thing that has to get done. But it's like, am I taking the time to, and that's, this is the practical side of, it, of spending time in prayer and reflection and trying to listen to that to the voice of God, the will of God, that the beautiful harmony that runs through all of creation, trying to, to re- allow myself to be open, to resonate and to attach myself to it. It's like, okay, I need to be aware of like, what are the needs of my family, my wife, my, yes, my vocation and job, right? What are the things that I, where do I need to grow in order to better live my vocation? Mm-hmm. As husband, uh, husband, wife, husband, father, right? As a teacher, those things. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing. Because I think that the tendency is, it's just like, we get so consumed with the next thing that Mm -hmm. I've got to do that we lose valuable friendships and the ability to relate to others and to listen to them and actually love them because we're trying to figure out what we can get out of them. Or is this conversation worthy of my time or hanging out with these people worthy of my time? What do I get out of it? Or, you know, we don't spend, we're just like constantly consumed with the anxieties of what's next, even though so much of it is out of our control, but yet we're still trying to assert our will on it, even though we really don't have any control over it. And then you just got this tension and anxiety that builds and builds. And in and, and reality, it's like, 
we're not taking the simple practical steps of resting, being receptive, mm -hmm. prayer, and just trying to spend that time in honest reflection of like, okay, what, what is my part in this greater story? Yeah. I think as you're kind of saying that, like so many of our themes are all like kind of weaving into maybe more of this practical thing as you, as we're approaching summer for ourselves. I think when we did that episode on um, philosophy, how like the highest form of wisdom is being able to receive from someone else mm. that knows more than you do. And, and that would be God. And I think in this, this idea, this narrative, it goes saying like, I think it's just maybe a, this mindset almost of instead of, and I do the same thing, looking at what can I get done this summer? How can I be the most productive that I need to be? Um, I don't think it's bad to look at what to, what needs to happen during the right. summer, but in, in the the way of what does the author of my life have in store for me? Yeah. What are these opportunities? How can I receive what he's about to give me uh, this summer? Because I think, I don't think it's bad to look forward and be like, what can we do? Like yeah. We have so much time. Like, let's take advantage of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but doing it more in that positive way, because sometimes it is like, ah, oh, like I, what do I need to get done? just that change of mindset. And I think that's applicable to a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not like it's bad to have a list of things to get accomplished, but I think it's a, a proper understanding of how we ought to orient ourselves to, yeah, still desire to achieve things and, and to do things, but it, how we maybe shift our, our disposition towards, yeah, a receptiveness of like, how can I orient this time, this freedom, this whatever towards fulfilling something that is, a little bit more beyond just the immediate needs, mm -hmm. right? Or the immediate, the immediate, immediate worries, right? How am I, how can I participate this in a, in a receptive way that still, a, of course, accomplishes the basic needs of life? Like we still have stuff we've got to get done at the house this summer, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like understanding that life is going to happen and, and things are going to shift and things could happen in the summer that we'll not understand or be prepared for. But yeah. there's, I think if you have that more receptive disposition, the anxiety is perhaps slightly less and the opportunity for growth is, is maybe more. Yeah, like how many, how many times have we said that just asserting our will on something and, and the things that we have in mind, these little things that we really care so much about that we think is going to make such a big deal like in the end. Right. That's right back to the perspective of like, how, that, we look back now on how silly it was. Yeah. Why did I get so upset about this one like bedtime routine? Or why did I get so upset about I need to mow the grass at this time? But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those little things that you're so worried about getting done, like and it doesn't matter. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not that big of a deal. So I'm just thinking of so many like examples, like, uh, there's like, Hey, I, I want to build that bookshelf. that has been in our basement for like months. And there's, oh, and she could see it in my eyes. And she's like, cause there was just a pause. She's like, oh, well, yeah. we don't have to do it. I was like, I really don't have an excuse not to, but it's just because I was surprised. It's just me. Like, in my, again, we've talked about this idea that I've got my life mapped out or at least my night mapped out. It's like, what's well, going to take us? Like, it took us like four minutes yeah. to put it together. It's like, the, it's I think not, like. To tie it all back, like that real original image that I try to set up to kind of get to this I think topic that was really good for us in this moment, for especially especially the two of us, I think, what we're dealing with. Uh that image of this like that singing, mm -hmm. how that is how we help create and co-create with God what is happening before us. Beautiful. Like there are moments that we like you I kind of snap out and realize you're the loser singing out of tune, like in the chorus, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh crap. I was yeah. Uh, but it's listening to like the Tolkien describes it as there's just inner flame. Like there's not like music that's given to them. There's a flame within them that comes from the flame that can't be distinct. Or it, it, 
extinguished 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway and it's just like understanding that original call like who i made and, and that search that that god put in us for himself uh yeah yeah i mean that's beautiful because it's yeah it's not a force this is what it's a, a natural them kind of yearning out and 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 loving and willing yeah. this themselves but it's it naturally harmonizes with and you're receiving that music from the creator yeah it's like yeah recent cool beautiful nice any shout outs um we have visitors this week, Matthew Tresino. Oh yeah. Casey Deemer. Mm-hmm. Uh Riley and Savannah Quinn. Oh yes. Kyle Vroman. Kyle Vroman. Yeah. Shipping out yeah. Saturday. Enlisted in the Navy. And uh shout out to all the scorers for uh hosting our upcoming uh, fishing trip. Nice. Cool to that. Shout out to my wife for carrying our child. <laughs> I don't know if I've said it on here yet, but we are expecting some pray for us. Have we not said that? No, I don't think so. Baby girl. Congratulations. Yeah, we're about to get cut off for the kingdom. For the kingdom.